Hey, everybody. This is Josh McKinney, and I just want to welcome you to episode 87 of the I Suck at Jiu-Jitsu show. So today, I'm going to start you guys off at the top of the hour and let you know that this episode is brought to you by simplifyingjujutsu.com. For those of you who do not know, Simplifying Jujutsu is a jujutsu production company that I and a few friends started uh, about a year ago with the goal of making jujutsu easier to learn. Uh, and, and that is uh, uh, an important note. We're talking about learning jujutsu. We're not uh, talking about making techniques uh, different or, or innovating on techniques. We're just talking about looking at what there is out there and figuring out how to learn it. And uh, it is also brought to you by the ebook Simplifying Jujutsu. This ebook is completely free. You can get a, uh, you can click the link in the description of this episode and check out uh, our Simplifying Jujutsu ebook where we take the five essential positions of Jujutsu. These are the 90%, or these are the five positions that 90% of Jujutsu takes place in, and we teach you how much time you should be focused on each of them and how you should be training each of them. Like I said, this is not a book of techniques. This is a book of learning to take the techniques that you already have and apply them to your training and learn to train more efficiently and more effectively. Like I said, you can go to simplifyingjujutsu.com or just go to the link in the description of this video to check out that free ebook. Today's episode is actually going to fall right on the same line when it comes to uh, a progression at jujitsu and how important it is uh, in knowing what we are focused on in our training. And so I will just preface this by saying I had uh, done a seminar about a month ago and somebody asked me the question because, of course, when you go to a Josh McKinney seminar, you've got to ask the question, how do you suck less at jujitsu? Uh, if you guys are not aware, this is the question we finish every episode uh, every interview episode of the show with. And uh, we get a lot of unique and interesting uh, pieces of advice. And so uh, this is my current view on that. And, and that's what I wanted to create the episode about because uh, people seem to like the answer. And I think I would like to share it with you guys. So uh, something really important, I think, for us to know in jujitsu is what stage we are at. Uh, my belief is that there are four stages that everyone goes through in jujitsu training. Uh, on a side note, uh, you've heard probably, um, I know I've said it on the show before, uh, and I say it all the time to my students, that brown belt shouldn't exist. I've heard people say this because after purple belt, once guys get their brown belts it, it, as competitors, they usually are able to kind of fight black belts. You know, uh, it's not a crazy difference. It's not very uncommon to see uh, in competitions that lump brown and black belts together, uh, brown belts beating black belts. Uh, they tend to be younger and uh, uh, tend to be hungry and in, in trying to win those matches. Um, but I have a theory as to why that is. I find that there are four stages of progression in jiu-jitsu, uh, four stages of learning. And sometimes people get stuck on one or two, um, but we have four stages of learning. We have five belts. And that's my opinion on why the brown belt uh, people at least claim that it shouldn't exist. Obviously, it's nice 
to have, um, you know, it does take for most people around 10 years to get their black belt. That is going to be standard. And they are sitting at those belts for two years leading up. Right. But let's look at it from the top. Let's go through really quickly the four stages of learning jujitsu. And these are names that I've come up with. So, you know, they're going to be ridiculous, but the first stage is getting in touch with your body. And I know that that sounds like weird because I mean, I kind of wrote it to sound weird. I don't know, but what you're doing when you're getting in touch with your body, usually this takes about six months. You are becoming coordinated in what I would consider jujitsu coordination. Cause I've had people that are relatively coordinated, not have jujitsu coordination yet. Uh, it just, it, it takes time. Uh, so you're learning how to see something and then be able to do it. And that is going to be your first six months, uh, maybe to a year. Some people even get past a year and it takes them uh, time to be able to get to this. But the idea is I watch my coach do a move and then I go to drill it or I go to practice it. Um, how quickly do I get the move, quote unquote, correct? Um, that's what you're trying to learn at first, your first six months. Of course, some people actually get to skip this stage of learning. Generally, people that were pretty good high school athletes, uh, it's even more common with people that wrestled their whole life. Uh, they are able to skip those first six months of coordination learning and um, just learning how to see something and then make your body do it. When you've never done that, when I first started jujitsu, I never really played a sport successfully. Uh, I had tried to play sports, but I didn't have that jujitsu coordination. And so for my first six months, all I was trying to do was learn how to learn techniques. Uh, I think once you get to that stage, then you become a technique collector. And you know, sometimes I talk bad about this on the podcast, like you shouldn't do this. Understand there is a time that you definitely should be collecting techniques. When you are starting out, when you are in the six months, maybe to three or even four years range, you are trying to collect enough techniques that you know what is going on in each position. Um, so you're trying to figure out one or two guard passes for knee shield or one or two uh, attacks when you're in mount, one or two escapes when you're in mount. Uh, and you're trying to learn that. There's a lot of different positions when we really start to break them down and not be broad with our positions. Um, but there's a lot of different positions where we might apply a lot of different techniques. And there is an insane amount of techniques out there. And so what we do uh, when we become a move collector, uh, it's, it's important that we don't fall into only being a move collector. I have trained with purple belts, brown belts, black belts that only know this. They only know how to show up, find a new move, and then try it. And that's where their jujitsu begins and ends. Uh, I think it's very important that you take the next step uh, and less and less people take this step. But I think once you get your purple belt um, or you're even in that mid-range purple belt, you should go from a move collector to what I would call a broad picture learner, okay? So what that is, is somebody that maybe is starting to see little bits of concept happen in jujitsu. A technique is something that works in a specific situation in a specific position. A concept can work 
in a few different positions and a few different situations. And it's more of a thought process than just a singular move. And so a lot of times that's when purple belts start to really benefit from concept. I found uh, if people are too new and they haven't experienced why they are learning the concept, I think it's, it's very hard to teach concepts or for the concept to even matter. And so that is where you end up going after being a move collector. Uh, and so what you find is that, well, when I am in half guard, uh, I do a lot better by kind of keeping a lot of pressure on the person. Maybe it's not a specific, it's not a specific movement. I do a, a really good job or I'm able to, to smash half guard when I just keep the person flat on their back. And so you use a lot of different techniques to accomplish this, but this is how you start to learn jujitsu. You start to learn strategy. And uh, I think that this is, uh, this is really important. And we'll talk at how, uh, about where you should be going and what you should be doing at this stage in just a second. But I think this is important to get to the last stage. And the last stage is what I call black belt um, or a black belt learner. Not all black belts are black belt learners. Actually, most black belts that I deal with are not black belt learners. They were um, the product of having a coach. Sometimes that is really, really good is you just have the right coach with the right person, the right athlete, and they produce just amazing jujitsu through that athlete. Uh, that's really common. I don't think that that should be your end goal, though. I don't think for most of us, that just show up is our end goal of training, um, getting to black belt. I think once you become a black belt learner, what you learn is that everything is jujitsu. And I will dig deeper on that as we go back through these. But I just want to go through each one of these, um, each one of the, the four phases of learning or the four learners in jujitsu and say, if you were at this stage, this is what I would focus on. If I were you. And so the first stage that I would say is to get in touch with your body, you know, to learn coordination. This can't be rushed. I know a lot of times it's very frustrating when you first start training. If you are somebody who's in their first six months, first year, and you, every technique that you learn is a fight for you to learn, uh, understand your job at that point from six months to a year, each, each, uh, each one of these phases that we're going through, all your goal should be to get to the next phase, right? That's what you're trying to do is get uh, enough done so you can get to the next phase. So when you are in the get in touch with your body phase, the coordination phase, what you should be focused on is getting in touch with your body and having coordination. Do not overcomplicate it to where I need to learn each of these techniques and then I need to be uh, amazing at them or anything like that. Each time you learn a new technique in class, kind of give yourself a challenge of, can I really focus when the coach is teaching? Can I really zone in on what he's doing? And then try to get it right in my first couple times. Try to get it right without getting in the habit of always asking for help. Uh, I think that this is how you learn to get in touch with your body. This is how you learn to be coordinated is you put yourself in the position of, I am going to learn this. I'm going to watch what is being shown to me and I'm going to learn it and I'm going to try it my best. Even if you don't pull it off in training yet, that's okay. Just understand your job 
is to learn how to learn when you were in that first six months to a year. Well, now you're past that first six months to a year. You are in what I would call a high level white belt to a low level purple belt. Okay. This is, this can be broad. Um, a high level white belt is somebody who is still a white belt, but you can show something to, and they can pull it off on other white belts. Uh, and uh, very quickly, uh, maybe after just drilling it for a few nights or um, even a few weeks, but they can add something into their game. And this is when you start becoming that move collector. And you start to say, well, I'm getting moves from every different position. I think that this stage can be the hardest stage because it lasts a very long time. And then what happens to you is you end up getting frustrated because this stage has limitations. Uh, and so I think that a lot of the blue belt blues that you know people leaving at blue belts, it, it could have to do with this. You stop learning because you only uh, you only learned how to be a move collector. You know, you only learned how to be a technique collector. And so, what your goal should be at first is to start to collect techniques. And so, how, where I would look at though first would be uh, the the open guard position. Whether you are a top player or you're a bottom player, that would be the first place that I really start to collect a lot of moves. And then I would move to side control. Okay. So that would be uh, kind of if you, if you get to choose what you're focusing on, that would be what I would focus on first is learning how to play a open guard. So whether you're playing collar sleeve, whether you're playing pure spider guard, whether you're playing daily Heva guard, uh, sit up guard, quality guard, uh, single leg X, anything, whatever guard you are playing, learn an open guard and focus on that first. It's great to say, I'm going to focus on dominant position because that's what you're supposed to learn first. You're supposed to learn mount escapes, and then you're supposed to learn back escapes, and then you're supposed to learn side control escapes. And this, this, this is all great, right? But we want to get good as fast as possible. And getting to stay in your guard is the best way to learn to get good at guard. And you cannot choose to stay in your guard until you start to have a good open guard, until you start to say, well, I'm getting that daily heave of grip every time and learning to play those positions. And it's the same goes with passing. You cannot learn top game until you learn to pass the guard. It just doesn't make sense. You're not going to grapple with anyone your level and have no guard passing and end up in mount unless you sweep the person to mount, right? Uh, and so you want to make sure that you're working guard first and then you start to move um, to side control. You should already have a basic idea because during the coordination phase, you were learning how to do these things. And so that is going to be most of what I would consider uh, like the move collector. But if you feel like you are a move collector and you are stuck, okay, this is the, I think the most important thing that I'll say during this episode, you are stuck in that move collector phase where you were noting, man, I, the only way I feel like I'm not plateauing is when I'm adding something new to my game. I'm adding a different position. I'm, I, I always played butterfly guard, but now I'm going to play, um, I don't know, closed guard, right? And so I'm adding something new. If that is you, if you are finding that you only are progressing when adding new techniques, you should start to try to shift your focus to be more broad. This is why we're next at the broad picture learner. So what that means is you are now thinking about things that aren't just techniques, Here's the easiest example. 
when I am talking and teaching guard passing, I just think to this because this is what I'm teaching uh, in my classes this week. When I'm teaching guard passing, the concept that I will just beat into my student's head when they are on top standing in the guard is protecting your elbow knee space of your front side, right? So uh, not letting yourself get it put into omoplatas and triangles. That would be a concept. You should start to be thinking of these things in the middle of rounds uh, once you start to become a broad picture learner. That is the broad picture. I know that maybe I have a few different techniques because I was a move collector at one point. I have a few different guard passes. I need to make sure, though, that I am conceptually understanding what the fight is. Um, this is what I tell my coaches all the time is understand, uh, you know, understand the fight. For example, when we are playing what I would consider uh, a split leg guard. So a split leg guard would be half guard, reverse de la Hiva, um, and koala guard. Okay, or, I mean, it technically could be. Usually we try to keep our foot off of um, from getting in between their legs and koala guard. But either way, we're doing playing a guard where my legs are split in between his. Um, and the understanding the fight from those positions, I think the fight is always going to be as the bottom person you have four points. You have both shoulders and both butt cheeks, okay? You have four points that can touch the ground. You only want two of them on the ground at one time. For example, if you are flat on your back and your butt from half guard, you're probably in a lot of trouble. If you were on your side and they can't force you back down, most likely it's because you have an underhook. You're doing what you're supposed to do. And so um, that is what I would consider thinking broad. The things that you see that you look at and say, this is the overall fight. It's not the specific technique that I'm going to use, but this is the overall fight. And when you start to shift your paradigm, you start to look in at your jujitsu and say, this is the overall goal. Then you can start to bring back old techniques. You can say, well, I was the move collector for a while. Now what techniques apply to the fight that I am making. And keep in mind, this stuff is strategy. And we're going to get more into that um, it, it, uh, when we talk about the black belt learner. Uh, but learning to just start to put strategy in your rounds is incredibly important, even with no goal of ever competing. Using strategy is a huge part of jujitsu. So for example, if you are a guard passer, and you're dealing with somebody who is just absolutely too flexible uh, and is able to beat the techniques that you were using, you can use a strategy where you are putting them in positions where they have to fight really hard out of. And maybe it's not as hard for you to fight in those positions because you know you have gravity on your side, you're guard passing, and you keep doing it and keep doing it during the first three or four minutes of the round, of the five-minute round. And then towards the end of the round, you can go back to those same techniques you were using and have success with them because you wore your opponent down. That is jujitsu. That is strategy. Understanding what that is is so important. And there's a million different strategies that I use that we can talk about. But uh, it, it's just so important to understand that jujitsu is not just technique. And that is what you find when you start to become a broad picture learner. And then I think at the point that you become a black belt learner, you start to find that everything is jujitsu. 
every little strategy, every little fight is important. Uh, and you have to learn to break these things up. For example, uh, I just competed in New Orleans. As, um, as a black belt, you know, I fought probably, I probably fought the two of the best guys that I've um, gotten to fight at black belt so far. Uh, definitely one. Uh, and uh, so in the final of my division, I fought um, somebody who is uh, for a long time was known as like kind of one of the best guys in my weight class. And everything was really close. I felt very, very close to him in regards to technique. Uh, but when it came to strategy and it came to learning the transition from top to bottom and going from I am playing top and I'm guard passing to I got swept and now I need to play bottom. Um, I felt like my opponent was about three seconds ahead of me in that fight, which is an obscene amount of time when you were doing jujitsu, meaning we were, I was on top most of the match fighting, uh, trying to pass most of the match. There was a point where he swept me and there was no in between from him getting up to him starting to guard pass. Uh, there was no, uh, thought process there. He went right from that little transition of I swept him to now I'm trying to pass. And that is where he won the match. Uh, it was in that little transition. I really think had he have not been so good at that one transition that I would have been able to tie him up in my guard and I would have been able to sweep him back and the match might have been fought differently. But him being so good at knowing and understanding that everything in that is happening on the mat is important and going into right from sweep to pass was so, so, so good. And so for me as a, what I hope that I consider myself a black belt learner, what I did today, actually, I actually just got home from doing it. Um, I went with some of my friends that are really good at uh, like outside guard passing, like Toriando style X pass uh, type stuff and started completely disconnected from them and said, okay, I need to go. I need to work this. I need to work drilling into my head that as soon as my butt touches the ground, that I am now attacking and I'm now, or at least fighting to get to my grips. Right. And so uh, that is what I consider somebody who is a black belt learner. Every little fight, every little thing that happens is important. And the biggest rule when you are a black belt learner, and this is why I don't consider a lot of people to be black belt learners, is you cannot make excuses. No excuse helps you when you are a black belt learner. Uh, for example, you can always, you know, it's, it's common. You can always pull the, oh, he is a better athlete card. Um, you can always pull if you are, um, if you're somebody who's natural, you can always pull the, he is on steroids card. But understand, when you are rolling around in the gym, when you are in a fight, in a self-defense situation, when you are competing, all that matters is who wins and who loses. Whether the ref makes the wrong call, regardless of what happens, whether um, you had done five rounds and then you're in training and, and the sixth round was against a guy you're better than. You either win or you lose. And every time you lose, 
there is a way that you could figure out to overcome and next time win. You can't go back in time. You can't deal with any, you can't change anything. But if you are a black belt learner, which I think we should all strive to be, you should be able to look from the, you should be able to pull yourself out of the situation and say, what could I have done better? What could I change in my training to prevent this from happening again? And I think that this is a place that most coaches should be teaching by doing. But it's just so common for coaches to make excuses. It's just so common for everybody to make excuses because uh, in the world that we live in, uh, a lot of times when you make the right excuses, people just take the pressure off you and say, oh, it it wasn't your fault. That's the beauty of jujitsu. When you are on the mat, everything that happens is your fault. Um, to an extent, it's, you can control it as much as you can, you know, you can control it as much as you've trained. And so that is what you look at when it comes to jujitsu. And that is what I think separates learners. And so, um, just to, uh, look at the last little thing that I think is very important when it comes to all of these is understand you could be still just trying to learn how to get coordinated. And you could be grappling against somebody that is a black belt learner. And there's just nothing you feel like you can do. And uh, you are going to just get wrecked every time. Understand your goal is not to beat that person. Not yet. Your goal is just to progress to the next stage of learning. Uh, in there are times you could be someone who's a move collector and you could dominate someone who is a black belt learner. Uh, that Just because they're at a different stage of learning than you does not mean uh, that, that, that they just automatically beat you. It's about self-progression. You are just trying to get yourself to the next step in the next stage. Uh, and of course, we all have physical attributes that are not as good and some that are better than other people. Um, and of course, some people have more and some people don't. But that is our big fight is just to keep striving to progress ourselves. And so try to be really smart about where you consider yourself. And you'll find, I would say most people listening to the podcast will fall under move collector. And my big, my big uh, uh, thought for you guys, um, big goal for you guys, if you are finding yourself on that stage that I just collect moves, start to try to paint uh, a broader picture of jujitsu in just a few positions at first. So let's say um, the last example I'll give is, is, you're trying to learn mount. You have been a move collector your whole jujitsu career. Start to put people in mount, train it a ton, positional spar it a ton, and then just make little notes in your mind of, wow, if I keep the person flat, I feel like I have more success. That's broad. That is a very broad thing um, in jujitsu. It's not a technique, right? And so or when I start to threaten the neck, I get all, all the reactions that I need. And then that allows me to attack. That's broad. Just start to try to think more broad, come to your own conclusions of why things are happening and what the goal of each position is. And I will, I promise you, even if at first you are completely wrong in every, uh, every time you're saying this is the fight that should be happening, just thinking that way will make a huge difference in your jujitsu. And so that's what I'll leave you guys with uh, to, to finish off the episode. 
And uh, that is what, uh, that, that's what I'll leave you guys with for the rest of the week. I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. I hope you guys go to simplifyingjujitsu.com and get a free ebook. And most importantly, I hope that you guys suck just a little bit less at jujitsu.